the National Day Cup field, all set and ready. Gates crash open, and they sent on their way with Al Salt in front. Al Farik then towards the outside of San Donato. Hakiki is flat. Al Farik, but San Donato finishing best of all. Here's San Donato pulling away, and San Donato too good. Al Farik second, Hakiki third. Ozanjan then came Tarmol. Well, I think you can be forgiven if you missed the top-rated horse running around last weekend. No excuses. You should be all over it. Abu Dhabi. Well, I think it's Abu Dhabi. That's the only one that, that I've come across so far that would qualify for such an honour. I would expect most people had the Sheikh Zayed bin Sultan Al Nahayan National Day Cup firmly on the radar. And what a renewal it was. So I know that you would be thinking that this is a little bit strange, seeing the Sheikh Zayed bin Sultan Al Nahayan National Day Cup come out as the highest rated winning performance of the weekend. And you must be asking, isn't this a massive uptick on 12 months ago? Correct. But the form looks looks very strong through the winner. San Donato, 118. Good enough to make him the world's highest rated winner this weekend without having actually looked in the USA at all. But elsewhere, covered the Japanese winner on Sunday. Yep. And covered us domestically. It did. And he is a, he's a good horse. He hadn't been seen for 599 days, so training performance. First run for Doug Watson from Roger Varian, 599 days. Yeah, wow. Straight to Abu Dhabi, bang. Last seen running third to my Oberon and third to a day before that. So he's, he had the form. Yep. But he's done really well to run 118, and I had a little quick look about back through uh, Abu Dhabi winners, and I could only find one that had even been close, and not in the last 10 years I'd sort of going through. Al Farik had been close winning last year and went on to win the Jebel Hatter, as you were, you would absolutely remember that. No doubt. Uh, he was second here. So there's a nice little tie with the form. Abu Dhabi on the rise. This race took a rating of 105 to win last year, and that was Mokhtareb, who was eighth this year and running a similar race, so a much deeper addition. Alfarik and Hakiki, who ran second and third, had run seventh and twelfth in the Dubai twer- Turf last year. 28th and 80s, seventh and twelfth. But San Donato is a bit better than that. And 118, that's, I know what you're thinking now. Well, surely they just turn their eyes straight to the Al Rashidiyah. That's absolutely where they'll, they'll be looking next. And then on to the, the Jebel Hatter and probably the Dubai Turf. And I would think, and looking at historical standards, he is Al Rashidiyah competitive. He's probably Jebel Hatter competitive. Things might get a little harder Dubai Turf night. Is that what you were thinking? Read me like a book, <laughs> as always. That's unless, of course, they switched to the Zabil Mile. But maybe they could take it all in. I'm happy because we did have a few emails in asking where they would head. Where's San Donato going off the Sheikh Zayed bin Sultan Al Nahayan National Day Cup? And you'll only get those answers here. I'm sure there's other podcasts covering that. It's a, I mean, he's a very, very good horse. He is. Hence why he was the highest rated of the weekend. The biggest flop came up in the Jungle Dawn Classic. She was the Dunno Ginger Flyer because she was the ratings men versus the eyes guys. She had trialled terribly, but her ratings had her as a moral, essentially, in that race. Not a moral, but very hard to beat. And from my memory, they were wet track ratings as well, yes? They were. So a bit of dunno, but you know what? The market didn't seem to care because she was well-backed into favourite, starting 5-2, to two, led them up and folded and, I would say, ran up to her trials. 20 pounds off her best. I'd say as a general rule, just as a side comment, I'm always almost amazed at how well 
or that the market does adapt to wet track form, but obviously here it didn't. No. Because I think it's a hard thing to, if you think that the markets are largely driven, not entirely, but largely driven by the big guys and their fancy models, it is actually quite hard to making those inferences from the very small samples that you get of good and you know good ground, wet ground, particularly in Perth, mm. and get a lot of horses that, that see wet tracks. So it's very hard to update those assessments. I find that's really hard to do. It's probably easier for people just to walk around labelling, oh, that's a wet tracker just because they see a horse win on the wet. But if you actually try and logic that out, it's quite tricky. And I don't think horses fit those labels as neatly as we like to pretend. Certainly is what, you know, if you follow a bit of racing media and tipsters and that sort of stuff, it's it's nowhere near as simple as it's, oh, he's a wet tracker, doesn't go here, ignore. It's never that easy. No. But it's interesting that in this case, obviously, the market didn't care about the fact that the ratings were on wet. But so often, so good at it, and I don't know how. Mm. Hat tip to the market. Unless it's, of course, Polly Gray. Yeah, but so that's a, An extreme, a right? case in point where the market knows and does such a good job of ignoring her on good tracks. It's this easy for people to say that, but it's actually really hard to... Well, we know. Mm, yeah, we, well... We've done a lot of work Do we this. know? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose In our delving into predicting SPs, last start finish position was we found the crucial factor among many. Mm. And in this case, Ginger Flyers, her last start finish position, coupled with the rating, saw her start favourite, even though she had trialled like a busted. Put it this way, if you watch her trials, you would not back her in anything. Yet the market was very happy to ignore that. Yeah. Now those models haven't been watching the trials. No, <laughs> definitely not. People talk about can you find an edge in the market? Sometimes in the case of Ginger Flyer, that was one of them. Although you only get one run at it. So we might be right. We could be wrong next time. She was very, very interesting on the weekend. And in conclusion, she ran up to her trials. By interesting, you mean terrible and the flop of the week. Yeah. <laughs> The Colin Morikawa Award, which jockey flushed it this weekend. I went looking and delving through Perth, but I've got to be honest, none of the feature races had a Morikawa recipient in there. So he headed to Pakenham. and you Dragged you to Pakenham. I wasn't happy about it. But you certainly had a smile on your face once we found out who was the Morikawa this week. Unsurprising, the very much in form B. Shin remains very much in form and gave Najem Sahail... As good a ride as you can give a horse over the thousand at Pakenham. And it was a, not only is it a by the numbers Morikawa winner, just spits out just a beautiful piece of riding. In fact, I'm going to go as far as saying disappointing win. The horse could have, uh, could have given him more mm. for how well it was ridden. But it was a visual Morikawa as well, wasn't it? The yeah. numbers confirmed what you saw there. It looked, oh, it reeked of Morikawa off the screen. There should be honourable mentions as well. Pakenham saw some good riding. Declan Bates on Noble Heights in the feature. Got the absolute best out of Noble Heights and set up a good overall time and, and a very solid winner in Kissinger, who'd run down Noble Heights at Cram before that, when Noble Heights had had it very cheap. Didn't get it so cheap this time, and in fact didn't lead, but was very well ridden in a strongly run Pakenham Cup that's, oh, I was going to say a strong piece of form, a very true piece of form, only an average Pakenham Cup winner in truth. I had tip to Declan Bates, and he, I kind of wanted to, by the numbers, got to play by the rules here, and Blake Shin is... The jock by the rules and his numbers for six months have just been outstanding. But no one really needs me to tell them that Blake Shin's elite. But Declan Bates, I haven't done the numbers yet, but if there is another visual Morikawa winner on the weekend, it was him winning the Werribee Cup yesterday. So big ride Pakenham Cup and then wins the Werribee Cup with another ride that I've 
as I said, haven't done the numbers, but very big suspicion that we were uh, we we're in Morikawa areas there yesterday at Werribee. In, in the, the Werribee zone. Cup, the Pakenham Cup is now the Werribee Cup. I noticed yesterday before they jumped in the Werribee Cup, they were talking about you know the great history of this Werribee Cup, but it's not that race anymore. That history is all at Pakenham now. Yeah, they took it. They picked it up and it, yeah, lifted it and dropped it at Pakenham. <laughs> no, no, this is our race, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did the old shifty there on, on poor old Werribee. That was a lot of fun cleaning up that data as well. Yeah, made a right mess. <laughs> uh, Taylor Pendrith time, and you've gone hunting for this one. I have. There's got it. There's honorary mentions here because, to be honest, you, you you're bending the rules slightly, but only slightly, and it, it feels like a very deserved one. Well, he's got away all year without landing himself a Pendrith. He rides very well. Some would say best jockey in the world, <laughs> and they'd be pretty close to right. Pretty they? close, to right? Yep. But J-Mac, a boy Cascadian, I'd happily say this is one of his worst rides by our measure mm-hmm. of the year. When you couple it with the situation, yeah, I think so. Yeah. He walked straight into the trap. He did. He had a week to – when did they draw the barriers for this? I oh, know. Tuesday. In five days and a five-hour flight to think about this, the trap was set. He still walked straight into it. <laughs> this was a Friday, Pendrith. Could see it, it coming from a mile away. It was. And I didn't think they'd fall for it. They used the draw for Amelia's jewel. She needed a bit of luck, but she got it at the right time. And Cascadian went back and finished full of running. 100 horses ran at Ascot on Saturday. Nine horses broke 34 for the last 600 metres. Five of them came up in the second event over 1,000 metres. And four were in the northerly. Yeah. Cascadian, Tricks of the Trade, Alaskan God, God Has Chosen. Tricks of the Trade settled behind Cascadian. Mm, that's what I was going to say. There needs to be some honorary. Troy Turner, Chris Parnham, Sean O'Donnell. Consider yourselves lucky gents, but yeah. Simo's got, got the crosshairs <laughs> on one. <laughs> <laughs> I do because expectation does matter in this instant. You're riding the favourite. You're riding the favourite. Tricks of the trade, the biggest thing, biggest tick for me is he's confirmed that railway performance. He was enormous. Alaskan God is right on track for the Perth Cup. But Cascadian, when he spat the bit out at the top of the straight coming wide, he didn't look to be travelling. No. They were just sprinting. He was flying. Yeah. And he was asked to quicken even more, and he couldn't. He can't go any quicker than what he did. So Into the teeth of it. If you back Cascadian, such as myself, the numbers this morning tell you you made the right bet. But you won't collect. He should have made it very interesting, yeah. But the filly did win very well. And the race is, um, it's a very ungenuine piece of form, isn't it? Mm. So I looked through. Ironclad, I mean, that just reeks. Well, Ironclad got a great, our power rankings love Brad Rewilla. Yeah. Small sample, but everything he's done in group races has been terrific. Got questioned this week on Twitter, and rightly so. How could you have Brad above Nash? Which I think makes, that's a legitimate question. Yeah, not many people would agree with that. What What is this model doing? Yep. But it's going to love this. It's going to confirm its view of Brad here because he, he turns up here and beats home Alan, McDonald, Pike, Blackdar. So he takes four big scalps right there and it's going to absolutely love And not only that, the model isn't even considering the fact that Ironclad is where he's positioned in the market. So it's just assuming that the chance like that just buffers out over time. So it's not even considering that he's done it with... 60 to 1 pot. Less horsepower underneath him. But I had to look through. So this century, take out perfect reflection on a heavy and there's only been one slower Kingston Town. And the ground there is pretty like for like, right? Yep. And that was 
the KC year, that was really slow. But even this was a, a the emphasis was even more on late speed here. So basically, there hasn't been an orderly run this way this century. Nick and Nero was the only one faster home. He was good horse. He was. So, yeah, it was a a bit of an outlier in, in terms of race shape and, and the way it's set up. So it makes it a funny bit of form and it makes it hard to think that we've seen the best of Amelia's jewel. I think she's probably better again. So she sits here and I've got her, I'm saying, behind In Secret Cool and Gatter and Zugotcha. Best of the rest, a bit better than Madame Pomery and She's Extreme. I agree with that. That f- feels like a decent fit. I think the interesting way to look at this, if Zugotcha raced Amelia's jewel at a mile, third up, both at their peak, who's Dart's favourite? See, I think Amelia's Jewel does, but my ratings would tell me to go the other way. I would love to see it. Yeah. It would be very interesting. So the the obvious comparison is Arcadia Queen, but when you look at the different races, Arcadia Queen and, and this, it's just so different. So Arcadia Queen had four and a half lengths back to second. There were 13 horses within four lengths yeah. of Amelia's Jewel on the weekend. So 13th who was four lengths away from Amelia's Jewel, 13th behind Arcadia Queen was 19.8 lengths away. I mean, we're talking a very... And standard for standard, this is... You know, no, it's not like this race. There was a heap more strong horses in behind. No, this... Looking at it, I thought we haven't had a horse of Cascadian's calibre running the northerly for years. And then you go back through it, he, there's been a Cascadian every year. Yeah. Yeah, your Black Heart Barts and... Yeah, Gallo Chop. Scales of Justice, he was about that good as well, wasn't he? Yeah. So in terms of average time form rating for the northerly on the weekend, it was 112. And the race typically sits between 113 and 111. Yeah. So it was bang in the middle. Yeah, I think I think that's a I think we're stretching to to say that she was a, a typical winner and you certainly couldn't say that she was an above average winner, and I don't have her in the ballpark of Atlantic Jewel. Atlantic Jewel. I absolutely don't have her in the ballpark of Atlantic Jewel or or Arcadia Queen. No. All good three year old fillies. But Arcadia Queen was Arcadia Queen was in the conversation with Atlantic Jewel. This absolutely isn't. And in fact, I think the better comparison when I was thinking about it is Mystic Journey. Because Mystic Journey was also all star milebound and I believe that is where we're seeing Amelia's Jewel. That's where they should target. Towards. I think they said I think that's been um bandied that's, about. That's official. Yeah. So Mystic Journey had just gone, this time of year, same cut, Mystic Journey had just gone 109-116. So that, and she just smashed up Fundamentalist on Cox Plate Day. So she hadn't won in Kingston Town, so she didn't have the sort of group one against older horses thing going on, but ratings-wise. Well, when you look at the takeout Cascadian, because we're saying he was slaughtered, so he's a non-event in this race. She's beat Ironclad, Steinem and Bustler. So it's a group one in the book. She's beaten them well. The she, race to me is... You say take out Cascadian, but you, that's unfair. I mean, he's there. He's she still there. beat him, and she's still running fast <coughs> as well. I think she's uh, the race for mine. Hangs it, Amelia's Jewel edges out Cascadian, tricks the trade, and Alaskan God. Is God has chosen going the Perth Cup as well? Does he stay? Shh. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe that could be the Bruce letter, but you don't want to give that away. We just did, unless you edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it in. No, God has chosen also humming. When you look back at the history of the northerly, I'd say she's more KC perfect reflection. Oof. You don't think she's better than them? No, but I think that's around where she is. Oh, ratings-wise it is, yeah. I don't think... But I think she'll prove she'll prove better than that, won't she? It's hard to be better than that. Yeah, it's very hard to be better than that. Like, you are. Spring form, three-year-olds, is fraught with danger every year. 
and she looks every bit a star, but just call your jets, everyone. But she has been. I've been down this road before. I'm easily excited, and I've as I've got older, I've realised they. it's not that easy. It's not that easy. She's ahead of KC in Perfect Reflection, but I don't think ratings-wise you can have her much ahead of them. Yeah. She's got blue sky. I'll admit that. I that's don't the think thing. That's not... That's not the end of it. Yeah. I mean, this, again, like we're saying, we said this through the entire Melbourne Spring as well. The pace here is just so ridiculous that it's very hard to draw strong conclusions. So we're still very open. Like, we're still guessing in a way. Iron Cloud Trans second in a group one. I'll bet you 100 to one. He never, ever places in a group one again. No, that's probably fair. I wanted to see what's under the hood. She's won two features in a row, Amelia's Jewel, and we still don't really know. I think that's why I'm more frustrated. It's exciting though, isn't it? Because she'll come to Melbourne and now she's a really interesting betting proposition one way or the other. Don't you have a bet though? Well, great. I don't care which way they go. I just want to go the other way. <laughs> yeah, true. From Perth Racing perspective, I think they got the result they wanted. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. they'll be happy, obviously. I would say they've had the perfect results. All the way through. Through one, two, three days of the pinnacles because they want you want local winners yep. and you want the good locals winning and they've had that in both the railway and the northerly but then you want, you know, they're obviously interested in having a bit of eastern representation for the good of the races and for eastern interest as well and no harm in having James and his wonderful hat collection roll across and pick one off with a good horse in Paul Alley. So they've had, you're right. Well, there's a chance a to be... A good carnival. The interesting thing is, if Tricks of the Trade had not run here and he'd run in the gold rush, geez, he'd be hard, he would have been hard to beat him next weekend. No chance of backing up? I would. I mean, he's just zipped home there, really. Yeah, that's a very good point. This has not been a... Uh, not a taxing run. It's not an exhausting test. Unless quickening up like that might actually be quite exhausting. We don't know, do we? I don't know. Can't ask the horse either, unfortunately. You'd have to ask Tricks. But he, uh, Tricks of the Trade has gone very, very well. And I'm interested to see how they campaign him. Amelia's Jewel is pretty straightforward. They're just going to go to the good races. Tricks of the Trade, do they head east? I would. Yeah, well, that All-Star Mile, is. He'd get, a, he'd get himself a run in that and it's just worth squillions and it has a huge tail. Mm. Half the field can't win. <laughs> so they could, you know... Although maybe that's changing, I don't know. I think there's probably I think they're tinkering around with the the rules for how that field comes about. But is it time to go around the grounds? Have we done we've done both jockey awards? We've done both jockey awards. We're zipping through this. Get ready. It's time for around the grounds. So no surprise. I don't we don't need to do the Perth around the grounds. Already kind of gave up Packenham. It was Kissinger. Yep. Although actually no, it's a dead heat. Dead heat with Umgawa. Which probably says something about the Packenham Cup. So the Cranman Cup, which actually Ironclad gave a little bit of a bit of a boost to, I suppose, by going and, and running well in the railway. Uncle Bryn was considering the railway and chose the Cranman Cup. He might have given that something to to think about. Um, what did he? I'll tell you what. He actually ran to a higher rating winning the Cranman Cup than Tricks of the Trade did winning the railway. But Umgawa one hundred six, Kissinger one hundred six. So yeah, just a just an okay. Packenham Cup winner, but a good piece of form because it was well run. And as a fan of staying races in Victoria, it's you're just pleased whenever you see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Got to cheer him on. Got to cheer the uh, the well run staying races while you can get them. Sydney, I am me, ran 108 and looked pretty good. Pretty good. That seemed to me to be sort of 108 with a bit more to come. Well, she won really well first up with a bullet and she took a step forward again and expect another one. Yeah, she didn't She didn't look to give herself how that all looked pretty cosy, didn't it? Yes. Of course, sometimes it can look cosy and it's running, like we were saying before, it's hard to run big numbers. Running 108 can't be easy. No. But she made it look easy. I'd say she's a magic millions horse. 
Yeah, well, she runs in dynamic colours, so you assume. So they did a great job. She ran really well first up, and then he's given her four weeks between runs going into Saturday, and then she's run another, you know, big peak. So, so spacing uh, it through the summer a bit. I don't think we'll see her for a month. It was interesting, Sydney, actually. So we we found the Morikawa at Packardham. You wouldn't have found the Morikawa in Sydney. You could tell the big boys were not home. Bowman's in Hong Kong, and J-Mac was in Perth, and there must have been a couple of others missing as well because uh, there was a lot more Pendrith nominees than Morikawa nominees there, let me tell you. There was barely a truly run race. I will say this. Lovely, lovely guy. Got to preface that. But McAvoy is unbackable. Regan on brutality. I mean, that's to instruction. I'm not really having to go at the jock there because they're just doing what they're doing. And I assume he's they're pulling the seven-day backup stunt again with brutality. But, <laughs> my goodness. Like, what's, what's, what's the point? What are you guys doing? <laughs> Poor old brutality. He's been doing that for... He's been 12 tick- months. He's had nearly 18 months of tick over runs. When's the winning and stop ticking? Trying. Which I believe is one of the rules of racing. Uh, Garibaldi, George Moore, not a vintage George Moore. Not a vintage George Moore like last year when Zoo Style won it and beat Baller and Alligator Blood. Not a bad race, that. form looks all right. 12 months on, doesn't it? That is the highest rated in the last 10 years. And will remain there for a while, I think. Uh, yeah. Big Money was close. Do you remember Big Money? What a good horse he was. Hard Empire did win up there as well. So it's invariably a good race to George Moore. But Garibaldi... No more than, in fact, not even a typical winner. Slightly below average in the place getters, even more so. So not a strong George Moore. So the sprint scene up there is vulnerable. I am me for the summer. Si- well, yeah, I'd, is she the? Is she that sort of horse? She's a. She would go and race those horses, wouldn't she? Mm. Well, she's run the same number, looking to do it cosily, and and this, you know, she would have matched it with the George Moore horses. And we should touch on. In fact, flop of the week could have been us. We've talked up Country Stampede for six months without knowing what it is. It's come to finals day and we've brushed it. Well, I had, we had a good look at the race and had no idea. No, that's true. That's true. Which is hard for a podcast to discuss a race. <laughs> well, the horse that came out Makes it hard. top in the Magic Monte Carlo machine was Coat of Arms. Yep. Finished seventh. Dynamic verse. Charges away. Wins the stampede. It was a stampede too. They were everywhere. But Dynamic verse has been behind Coat of Arms at Gaindar, Chinchilla, Roma... And had been behind Dare to Share in a Dolby Newmarket. Fantastic training performance. Well, that is set to peak for the day. And we saw, speaking of training performances, we saw... Now, this would come as a surprise. I haven't gone back through the years. So I don't know whether this is a typical typical thing. But the Cups winner, the Country Cups horse, has completely outrated the Stampede horse. Really? Did that surprise you? It would, yeah. I would have thought the vast majority of horses basically north of the Gold Coast can't get past a mile. No. They're all... uh very, very fast. But it was Les Tilly with a big salute. Fitting of the great race. On your bubba. And the Yapoon Cup form to the to the fore. Echo point. And Centaur, who'd run second to him in the Yapoon Cup, has filled third here. So mark that down for twelve months' time. The Yapoon form is the form to be looking at. He had also run I know he's a Birdsville Cup winner for one, which is so is this isn't his first fine piece of silverware. Uh, and had run eighth in a Townsville Cup behind friend of the show, Namazoo, who's the Medallia Earthquake superstar at Townsville in the Townsville Cup. So had big form lines. All ties in. And didn't the punters know it? Three to one. Before you press on away from Brisbane, what did Waller's three-year-old do early in the day? Look to win with the handbrake on. Yeah, he didn't, yeah, didn't learn much there. They jiggy-jogged around and he was much, much better than very plain rivals. So I would assume it's the Grand Prix now is running the summer. Yeah, I assume what in two weeks, three weeks, none of those are beating him. 
I don't know what else. There must be something else around. Secret Glamour might go up that way. Mm. She won the first in Sydney really well, and there were some profiles behind her. So maybe if there's a danger to the the Waller horse, it, it wasn't behind him on Saturday. No. no. He, I think he ran triple figures, but without blowing it apart. I think he's – who knows how good he could be. Further around the grounds. Keep going. Oh, overstimulated. Uh, here's a surprise. Adelaide. There's a winner there that matches I and me and Garibaldi. So they both run to 108. Yep. And so did Phil and I's, who won really – Phil and I's ran one by ludicrous margins first up and backed that up with a bit of interest to rip down the very likeable Midwest. Oh. So that's – there's form in there. There's form in there and ran to 108 to do it. So there's 108 round the grounds and three of them, I and me, Garibaldi and Phil and I's are all 108. That's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. And Pakenham was close, 106, but couldn't quite match it in the provinces. That is just so exciting. The Bruce McAvaney Award winner, one for the future. Just so exciting. I didn't mention it prior, but honorary mention for the biggest flop was you at the Christmas party. Probably one of your worst performances to date. Trial horse. <laughs> yeah. Won the trial by 10. Couldn't back it up on the Saturday, but James Buckley... Everyone who listens to the sports podcast, captain of the ship there. The last racing and sports Christmas party Bucko was at. He was best on ground by that far. You couldn't see him. And we were questioning whether he'd be able to live up to that expectation in his first Christmas party since coming back aboard. And I tell you what, one of the best performances we've ever seen. And we often talk about body of work, but he was best on ground at the Friday lunch. He was best on ground Saturday night. He made it to the dock off the Christmas party to watch the Socceroos. And then he's fronted up last night at Fenway for another best on ground performance. He's gone triple best on grounds across the weekend. And you wouldn't believe it, he didn't make it into work today. <laughs> no, he's off to the paddock for a well-earned, <laughs> well-earned break. That wraps us up. We'll be back with the punters preamble for the Gold Rush, you'll be heading over there. You're all jacked up, ready to go. Never miss a rush, mate. No, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. Should be a good weekend. And then we'll be back with the review show on Monday. And we'll do our yearly awards. That'll be us for the year, I think. We'll round it out. Coming to that time. Well, do, well yeah, because we've got Gold Rush and Gold Rush brings the pinnacles to a close. And then we've got the Hong Kong. As well on Sunday. Hong Kong Sunday. And then it's, well, we don't even get the standish on New Year's anymore, so. We'll uh, be giving ourselves a bit of a spell, I think, over the Christmas break. And the biggest thing, obviously, we're going to award our Pendrith and Morikawa award winners for the year. And, of course, who was fourth of the year? That is a sought-after title. We give away a lot of well-sought-after titles on this show, but that one, fourth of the year, following in the footsteps of the mighty Think It Over. Followed his fourth of the year with a QE. Tell you what. It's a special, special award, that. Looking forward to that.